dig this. First 125, Moro here from Grundle. Kingsley turns that five sideways. Brian, the gate is down. This is a sharp left-hander. Who's going to shot? Looks like Darcy Lange on that Richmond Gallon Kawasaki gets the jump. That's where it all started. Big MX Radio, brought to you by Justified Cultures, is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. Fly racing, Bill's Pipes, W Wheels, Maxima USA, Moto Ice Wrap, 100% Goggles, and Moto Stuff make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. Welcome to the Fly Racing Big MX Radio Podcast brought to you by Justified Cultures. You can head over to justifiedcultures.com right now and enter discount code BIGMX17 upon checkout and receive 30% off your bill. That's 30% off of your total purchase at justifiedcultures.com. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With us on the line, we've got the triple one of Michael Sleater. Sleater, how's it going? Good, man. Yourself? Hey, not too bad whatsoever. Beautiful day here in Winnipeg, Manitoba. I imagine things are uh, sunny and 75 as per usual down in SoCal. It was actually like almost 90 today. I'm kind of over the heat oh. and, and just want to see some see some weather changing. We get teased a couple days here and there, but yeah, it's, it's definitely not a bad day. Fair enough. Well, a little bit of break uh, from the heat wouldn't be a bad thing, but I'll I'll take ninety over zero any time. Um, for those for those who don't ha- haven't uh, like if if they haven't already listened to uh, the career podcast that we did with Mike uh, Michael uh, about about a year ago or is it a year ago. Yeah, about a year ago that we had you on the show to basically uh, everything from uh, your first rides on a motocross bike right up until uh, your most recent uh, endeavors last year. Uh, that's that's a different podcast. We'll, we'll, we'll probably dig up some stories throughout this. But uh, for those who are looking for that, that's in the archives about a year back. So uh, go listen to that. But uh, I, I wanted to bring you on the podcast today, Michael, mainly because I enjoy spending uh, spending time talking to you. But also uh, with uh, with the World Vet Championships and another. Another uh, number one plate uh, in the rearview mirror. Uh, I, I thought it uh, it's suitable to uh, to have you on and uh, discuss uh, all things Michael Slater. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, it's been a you know been a year and been watching your your podcast grow and your hard work pay off. And like any of us, you know, we have a, a goal and we want to be where we want to be. And it takes some hard work, but that's kind of what that that world championship, you know, is uh, as much as I ride for testing and everything i kind of use that race and a few others as some uh, accountability to really just to keep my skill sharp so it was nice to finally get that overall win absolutely couldn't agree more you need that carrot to to drive you and uh we all need something to work towards and i do appreciate that the kind words my friend uh it's all about mileage for me and uh and if i can knock down a a star-studded uh podcast like this with a guy who's uh, had countless drops gate drops uh for the supercross outdoors and, and now uh basically becoming a perennial champion at the uh at the world vets uh it's a huge thing for me and i really appreciate it you're one of those guys that uh, looked up to growing up and uh, it's a pleasure to have you on the phone 
Right on, right on. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good for sure. So I was uh, I was in California not two weeks ago for the World Vet Championships. Dad's uh, considering uh, racing the thing next year, and uh, there's some guys that were had some pretty decent speed out there. And uh, as I'm standing right between the uh, this the sand whooped section and uh, and this this tri this kind of two tabletops and a and a, a kind of a a double or a, a kind of a two landing tabletop going into the, the back straightaway. I see this KTM number triple one on the bike and uh, he extends these two tables into, into a double. Uh, explain the thought process there as you stretch that thing out. Um, that's actually a line like Josh Grant's done quite a bit. It's, it's like, yeah, he's had two like little short tables or two big rollers, kind of however you want to look at it and pretty choppy. And uh, JG's a, you know, the man, I think arguably one of the fastest riders, him and Blake Baggett around Glen Helen and I've seen him doing it and uh kind of picked up on it and wanted to make sure I could still get it done that day and yeah I literally almost ran right India and uh flagged, flagged me down and um I kind of kept that line in my back pocket did a couple more times to make sure I had it good and, and uh I think that's kind of the line that maybe can help me get the arguably help me get the win um on Sunday for sure, and obviously uh, you you had uh, your fair share of uh, of serious competitors. Josh Coppins uh, circled this event as a bucket list event for him as uh, to to compete in as a thirty year uh, in the thirty year old pro class, and uh, you were able to fend him off as well as Travis Preston, a man who uh, who has a, a pro championship to his credit. Um, what, what's it like pre preparing for this race coming up to it, and uh, like does it take you back to days of of training for uh, getting ready for a one what's what's the build-up like for you um to be honest um you know like i said i i this race has eluded me to win and I, i've never in my career i was never a travis preston i was never a josh coppins or even a ryan morris ryan hughes some of the last couple guys that win us i mean morris had won countless supercrosses and came short of winning a title by stalling his bike travis preston's a west coast champion Coppins the Everts and was number two in GPs and came so close to winning New Zealand champion. So, I mean, to be honest, I'm such an enthusiast myself. Like I get nervous because I kind of don't sometimes feel I belong in front of them and I don't feel like I'm as good as them. Um, and you know what? Those guys have had like a, a, a an amazing career and, you know, Travis might hasn't raced. He said since he raced it two years ago and I do race. So like I continue to try to like, I look at it a little different. So I believe Coppins owns his own race team and still races is like actively like not in the New Zealand circuit. So I think me and Coppins are more than the same. Like we, we still are enthusiasts and still love to do it. And Travis is more of like, I'm really damn good at this. And it's my job as a test rider for factory Yamaha, but I'm just going to ride when I have to, or I still go to the races on the weekends. So my preparation honestly was with uh, Kurt Nickel and my good buddy, Mike Diorio who's a mountain bike friend of mine that I train with. And we've been racing REM, um, the last two months. Um, I'd ride maybe three days a week. Uh, if I was testing three days a week, I wouldn't ride after that just for volume reasons. And then if I was say maybe testing once, I'd put in two more days of motos, but really Kurt Nickel and Mike were my like accountability. Cause Kurt wanted to take down Dubok, which I feel he did because Doug didn't show up, um, for whatever reason why. So, that's kind of been it, man. I'm, I'm an, I'm an enthusiast. Those guys like Travis, um, and Coppins, like 
to be able to get on the gate with them and, and have them show up is really makes that race what it is. I mean, I'm not a household name like they are, in my opinion. So to have those guys show up and be able to race them um, as hard as we did and as safe as we did at our age, I think it's pretty rad. No doubt. And uh, and first and foremost, uh, Michael Sleater is a, a fan of the sport that he loves so much and competes in. Uh, and that's why I think that you've been able to st- stay young and stay in it is, in the, and keep that speed is because uh, uh, you, like I got there's this one photo where uh, you're 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 neck and neck with with Coppins and he's trying to race past you and you're looking over uh, in, in a little way. I got to think thinking to yourself, holy crap, I'm uh, I'm going toe to toe with uh, with like you said a guy who who uh, fed Everett's his lunch a few times and and to be able to twist a throttle like that is something special to do. Yeah, honestly, that was like a move. Like, hey, um, Glen Helen's my house too. Like that bike that I'm riding was um, bone stock, uh, not bone stock. I'm sorry, completely standard motor and standard suspension um, with an FMS exhaust and a few other pieces that were just bling, um, but. I was like, Hey, this is the three fifties got what it takes. And all my friends and my racing community around here is not going to let you beat me in the first turn. So, I mean, you got to have a little bit of F you in you, you know, like a little bit of cockiness to, to win. I feel sometimes and made my career when I was full time. I didn't have enough of that, but now as, as I gotten older, I, I do recognize I work hard and I have a family and man, I, I feel like I, I belong up front. And that you do, my friend. And uh, I, I, I got to think that, like, I have um, my my local track, Grunthal uh, Motocross Facility. I, it's my first track that I ever raced at. It's the one of the first tracks that I ever uh, put knobbies in as a as a young rider, even before I even had a race bike or a race eighty, my DS eighty. And uh, I feel the exact same way about that track as you do about uh, Grunthal. That's my backyard. It's I know it's an hour away from me, but I, I ride there more than I do anywhere. And uh, it's kind of like, sort of that's my house. And uh, you. You, you defended your own house by uh, by putting together uh, some really solid rides, and um, the the track got super gnarly. You didn't you didn't race it on Saturday, but uh, I I'd, I'd pair it like I had uh, uh, Lepanovich on the show earlier today, and he said it was even rougher on Saturday afternoon than it was uh, on Sunday. How'd the track shape up on Sunday? Um, it was it was rough. It, it, I've seen it rougher, but it was a, a different type of rough. And to be honest, that different type of rough for Glen Helen's standpoint, Josh was. Coppins was a little faster. He was so patient in front of me the first moto and like was slower in the turns and and then would accelerate so smooth. And I was kind of just jackhammering in, like really accelerating hard in and, and kind of standing the bike up because the ruts, um, the track lays out really different compared to any other day because the level of speed is so diverse for that world. Like you have like out of 70 racing, which is so insane and like, it's it's like a hope I can do one day, but so the bumps start really early and they, they end really far. So that's the biggest thing is we're most got like a pro day or, you know, you're accelerating and it's turning up the dirt. We're like this seven year old dude is breaking early. Six year old dude's breaking a little later. So the bumps start so early. That's why the track develops so different. They don't have like a perfect arc because the guys aren't leaning over as fast and as fast as it turns. So, you got to be really patient and like, and set everything up really well because it's definitely um, uh, a different type of track than any any normal day at Glen Helen. Um, be that as it may, did you feel like you had a little bit of a, a, a leg up as far as? 
uh, bike setup. I know you mentioned the bike was almost completely stock. Um, like, but do, do you have a couple of tricks of the trade as far as setting your your bike up for, uh, oh, for Glen absolutely. Helen? Because I imagine, well, that, yeah, that 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 bike is set up at Glen Helen completely. That, that's a yeah. standard production seventeen bike um, that is developed around North America settings. That's a North America KTM does settings for just North America and. Um, we're there every Thursday. We call it church. Like you can't miss church, you know, and Thursdays, <laughs> Thursdays at Glen Helen's church and the group of my brother, Scott Youngstrand and uh, Casey Lytle and our suspension techs were there every Thursday, um, developing that bike and that and other models in the SX line. So if the bike doesn't work good, man, like it could be a little stiffer here and there for me, but that's because it's production, but it's got to work that whole range. But I know what that motorcycle is going to do no matter what it does like Glen Helen. Yes, it could be better maybe here or there, but personally I know if it's going to bottom here, if it's going to burn out there, whatever it's going to do, I know. And that's the biggest thing I feel like with me being on the same model for so long and developing the way KTM develops bikes, my riding's been so improved as I got older because I know what the motorcycle's going to do in every circumstance. Well, that is uh, a handy feeling to know exactly what what the thing's going to do. Almost like you've been riding the same thing for for ten years, or like the the equivalent of ten years, based on how many hours you've got in the saddle. Um, how has uh, your role with with uh, the development of these KTM's uh, evolved over the years? Uh, for for a guy who uh, for 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 the most part. Um, KTM in North America has skyrocketed as far as its popularity. I myself ride a uh, KTM. Uh, I've called you when I don't know how to change the oil, apparently, uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, or at least the the, the that uh, that clutch. Uh, it's not even a spring; it's a pl- like the pressure plate on the clutch. Um, but uh, you're you're deeply entrenched in this, and uh, like, how much pride do you take in your work and the fact that uh, the development that you've put into this motorcycle has helped it uh, get to the spot where it's at now where when i read a, a magazine review of the bike or, or that that shootout i'm i'm assuming that the uh that the ktm is going to be up, up up to the top and that's not something they could say 10 years ago five years ago yeah and and i appreciate the kind words i'm i'm a small piece of the puzzle uh ktm globally if, if everything starts in austria um with our engineers there and then we have such a great working relationship over north america like no one's too proud on each team from North America's team to Austria's team. So we share information like daily and all want the great, the, the bike to be the best so that everyone, you know, doesn't have that. We'll take it up to the chin. You know, if they feel our settings not good there, which usually our North America setting doesn't work as good in Europe and vice versa. The European setting doesn't work as good in North America because our tracks lay out completely different. Like, People don't understand that. So we we really, the same guys that have been testing in Europe, um, Mickey Stauffer, who's the same role as me, has been there since I started 12 years ago. So we've known each other. We're nearly the same age. Um, we we owe the brand everything as far as opportunity, um, to be honest. And, yeah, as far as, like, our shootouts and where we're at, that's all up on North America as far as the suspension settings. Um, and we fly in our European team to, to – look over those and make sure we're on the right page. Cause you know, when you want to take ownership of something, if it goes bad, then it's all on you. So it's better to give everyone, you know, everyone involved and um, vice versa. We fly over to Europe and look at their settings and make sure they're on the right track. And I feel collectively of the group between um, 
Austria, their test riders there, and then myself and then the test riders, Kurt Nickel helps us still. Um, Dylan Schmoke every once in a while. Um, we, you know, you have to reference your work and make sure you you don't get lost. We we do have the best team in my hands, development wise, out of all the OEMs for sure. Well, the, the proof of the pudding is in the eating as far as uh, how far uh, people have really switched. Like, like they're, going back 10 years ago, um, there was there's people who just die hard. It has to be a Honda. It has to be a Honda. And uh, through some, some, some tough times with with, uh, with those bikes, I know like the, uh, the mid-2000s Honda two-strokes were uh, left uh, some things to be desired. People weren't sure about four-strokes. And then uh, anything after the, that 08 Honda uh, 450, hasn't quite hit that exact same mark. Uh, those a lot of those same people put down uh, their CRs and pick uh, picked up uh, the SX and the SF SXF uh, models, and now those same people are are diehard KTM people. Uh, that's something that would be very difficult to do, and you guys have uh, found a way to do it. KTM is extremely serious about racing, and uh, they've proven it. Do you think that uh, the Japanese manufacturers are going to have to stand up and uh, and take some serious notice here? Yeah, I, I mean, I think they have. Yamaha, I think, I think, done a really, really good job of um, of uh, responding. That 250F Yamaha is pretty dang good. Um, the Yamaha 450, I think, is underrated actually. Um, uh, Suzuki's just—it's uh, a shame. It seems a little lost. Like I know a couple of people that work there, and it's just there's no real plan. Honda, obviously, they've come out with the all new bike. Um, that's really awesome. I love, I love when OEMs come out with new bikes because I really can't wait to ride them and, and see where we're at. And if they have something better, then we can keep searching. Because if you, if you never taste something better than your food, then how are you gonna know if it's better? So we're, I don't think there's anyone at KTM that I can think of that I know personally that thinks they're better than anyone. We just want to continue to be better ourselves. Like. We're not satisfied with what we have. We're continuing to work. And, um, man, it's, it's not even a competition versus, like, uh, different OEMs. It's more of, like, let's get the sport, sport, keep the sport growing. Let's keep people buying bikes. Let's keep doing this. And I think the consumer does appreciate KTM and Husqvarna with their, um, uh, with their enthusiasm and their commitment to making new models and, keeping the two strokes going. So I think you, you see a lot of people that are like, man, this company goes racing, they spend the money, they invest in the product. And I think we're seeing people switch to the brand just for those reasons as well. And then thankfully the product is standing up for itself. That and another thing that I, I always like to bring up in conversation is uh, all these kids that's like, there's so many kids that grew up on uh, Honda 50s and uh, Yamaha, like the, 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 YZ, the YZ80 and stuff like that. Uh, now kids are growing up on uh, KTM 50s, KTM 65s, and eventually the, the Super Minis. Um, you, like there's the... The like young adult population, there's are kids that uh, could have been on Orange from uh, from the very beginning. Well, yeah, you know that's that's a great point you made. Um, Mitchell Falk is the first rider that KTM that when KTM signed him when he was nine years old, ten years old on sixty five. Um, he um, was on a KTM. He rode a KTM fifty before that, and he will turn pro as the first rider to never. And in, in that I'm aware of it, never wrote anything else but a KTM. Um, has been through the KTM wow. pro, been through the KTM program the whole way through, and um, you're going to see more and more of that. Uh, that KTM, 
set out six years ago, I think, you know, through the Orange Brigade of building that program. Yeah. And, and they've done a phenomenal job of keeping it growing. And now with TLD, there's that path to the success, to the pros. And it's all came to fruition for them. And um, it, it's it's really cool. Like, you literally could start on a KTM and never switch. There's no other OEM like that. Like, you know, KTM, you can go from the KTM Mini to the KTM SX to the 65 to the 85, the Super Mini, the 125, the 150, and the 250F, 350, 450. So we actually do encourage all our riders to follow that process. Um, Mitchell Falk spent a year on the 125. Derek Drake spent a year on the 125. Um, and they go to the 250F. So I feel that is really important if riders aren't big enough to really um, follow that 125 path. Hey, everybody. This is Jimmy Button, former factory Supercross rider. You're listening to the Big MX Radio Show. We're going to take it to the commercial, and we'll be right back. Justified Cultures is the kind of apparel from the moment you put it on makes you feel like it was made just for you. Quality, comfortable apparel designed for and inspired by the live-what-you-love lifestyle. Woven throughout the moto, desert, skate, and surf culture of Justified is the desire to celebrate human achievement, to inspire and create a modern lifestyle brand reflecting today's generation. Zach Commons, Matty Jesse, Phoenix Racing Co., Dominique Daffe, Cody Matichuk, and John Short are just a few athletes who don Justified Culture's clothing. Passion needed a clothing line to speak to the way that it lived each day. So, we created Justified Cultures. Navigate justifiedcultures.com to easily view over 40 individual styles to help you make a statement every time you step outside. As presenting sponsor to Big MX Radio, lock in promo code BIGMX17 when checking out at justifiedcultures.com to receive 30% off your Justified Cultures clothing. Express your lifestyle with Justified Cultures. Live what you love. This is a test of your racersindex.com awareness. This was a test to see if you're ready to be found at racersindex.com. Supercross and Arena Cross are coming up. Now is the time to secure your position on a team. Mechanics, models, riders, flaggers, team owners, production specialists, anything related to racing. Be found at racersindex.com. Click it for your ticket to be found and become part of the racing industry. Racersindex.com, your ultimate race production resource. Visit racersindex.com now. When it's time to turn heads, Spokeskins has you covered. Whether it's dirt bikes, street bikes, or bicycles, nobody does it better than Spokeskins. Mix and match your spokes, or go with the same color all the way around. Either way, Spokeskins is the way to go to customize the look of your bike. Uniting off-road riders on every end of the budget spectrum, Spokeskins is aimed at giving you the custom look without the custom price tag. If you're looking to set your bike apart from the rest of the herd, Turn some heads and be able to change your bike's look on the fly? Head to spokeskins.net. They don't just have spokeskins on their website, they've got more. New products are being added all the time, like the Motul Slacker Digital Sag Scale, and just recently, Galfer Off-Road Series Rear Brake Lines, Oversized Rotor Kit, and Front Brake Lines as well. So do what I did. Head to spokeskins.net today, place your order, and get set up turn some heads out there. Spokeskins, we've got you covered. 
racersindex.com is your ultimate race production resource from the starting line of production to the finish line of winning racersindex.com is your go-to resource to be a part of or produce a checkered flag winning event the professionals place to find work and workers rides and riders and more if you need it to make your race event happen it's happening at racersindex.com if you want to be a part of the racing world join the racersindex.com team today if you need people on your team you can find them at racersindex.com log on now and find what you need who you need and anything needed for two-wheel or four-wheel racing log on if you're a mechanic model rider flagger caterer sound engineer team owner production specialist or anything related to racing find all people places and things racing all at racersindex.com from dirt to the track from desert to the drag strip racersindex.com is your ultimate race resource click it for your ticket to all things racing racersindex.com What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with oats and bran. Oats and bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. Ex-racing man. But more than bikes, what Big Jeff likes is a fat bowl. Amigos with bran. Fat bowl. Amigos with bran. Oats for power. Brands for speed. Ooh, that tastes what a delicious treat. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey, kids, start out every morning with a fat bowl. In motocross, everyone wants one common thing. To simply enjoy the ride. Sand, clay, loam, concrete, and everything in between. Riders all want to be able to enjoy their ride. But today is arena cross. Tomorrow's Glen Helen, and Saturday, we're heading to this gnarly sand track. How can we be sure our suspension is always dialed in? For most, employing a full-time practice technician is unrealistic, and even for those who have one, setting suspension is still a chore. Get a measuring tape, scratch a mark on the fender or rear number plate, and attempt some backward math to find 105 millimeters. Does this tape even have millimeters on it? Forget that. Head to motool.co today and set your sag every time you ride with the Slacker Digital Sag Scale. Let's hear from Johnny Casebeer himself on how this thing works. So uh, really basically you would just uh, stick it on your axle with the magnet, stick the clip on your side plate basically where the arc of the axle would hit the side plate and then uh, Pull out the retractable cable, hook it to the clip, and turn it on, and then just take the bike off the stand and, and take a measurement. It's that easy. Trust tuning your suspension to Johnny Casebeer and Motul MX. WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-B-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now, and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples, and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website, you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, Talon and Kite aluminum hubs, 
Galfer, and Brembo brakes. And spokes that take a licking and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys we're building wheels for. Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, they are not told whose wheels are whose, they just build amazing product. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did and head to WBYAUSA.com today. WUSA, all things wheels. Hey guys, Bill's Pipes is back, and that means the return of legendary performance. Two strokes, check. Four strokes, check. Since 1974, they've been tuning power at its finest for motocross racers, off-road racers, you name it. For you two-stroke lovers, the MX2 Bill's Pipe exhaust system is flat out the right choice to make. Nickel, works, and the brand new cone look is the right system for the job. When it comes to four strokes, Bill's Pipes brings the RE13 to decimate the field anywhere, anytime. So if you want the same pipe used by Billy Leninovich, Sean Collier, Vicky Golden, and the entire Barn Pros Home Depot Yamaha team, head over to Bill'sPipes.com today and never settle. Hey, this is Adam with Vexy MX, and you're listening to the Big MX Podcast Radio Show. Hey, this is Alex Ray. I don't know if, why you're listening to Brad's podcast, but I'll be back on soon. Hey, this is Zach Cummins. All you hosers, quit listening to Nickelback and jump on over to the Big MX Radio Show. Hey, guys, this is Kate Clayson, and not only do I blow uh, Alex Ray's doors off in the track, but I do it at K1 speed, too. I I totally agree. Like uh, echo every single word that you just said, man. The fact that you got kids on a KX eighty five or a super mini on a steel frame carbureted two stroke that are about to jump onto an aluminum uh, electric fuel injected uh, fire breathing four stroke. Um, I'm not saying you can't have success doing it that way, but uh, um, if there is that stepping stone bike, whether it's the one fifty or the one twenty five, uh, I know myself. I think I was, uh, uh, my learning curve was, uh, was steepened being able to jump on like at, at 14 years old at, at five foot eight, five foot nine, jumping in like 150 pounds, jumping on a 125 was just the perfect thing for me because it was basically just a full sized, a uh, little bit more meat, uh, on the bone for as far as an 80 goes. Like you just had a little bit more, uh, you had more power, you have the longer wheelbase. It's still a steel frame. It's still carbureted. Um, so it, it's not as a huge, it's, it's a, not that huge change that you're you're uh, presented with uh, on different models, and uh, I think it, it, it equates to, to safer riding because um, these young kids—you've seen them, you see them every day, uh, every Thursday at church. Uh, they're they have video game speed, and uh, when they when things go bad, they have video game get offs. But unfortunately, life's not a video game, and when you hit the ground that hard, you end up uh, uh, like breaking bones, and um, it, it, it's like there's there's some um, there's some serious injuries to be had. Yeah, I, I like you said. I, I completely agree. Um, TLD, they um, have done a great job. Tyler Keith and his team there, um, Christy Lacurl, they you know with uh, Derek Drake and Pierce Brown, those kids were on one twenty fives and one fifties all year. They didn't get two fifty Fs till this year, so there was no yeah. rush. There's no rush to to put these kids. Unfortunately, for you know riders on the you know Kawasaki program, Team Green program. You know, Ryan Holiday has to 
keep his fingers crossed that those kids make that transition very seamless, you know. Um, uh, Forkner did, right? That's a clear. That's very clear. Forkner made it work. Um, I've yeah, seen, no 125 experience at all. None. I mean, that's a could he be an anomaly? Uh, I think so. Um, yeah, but, you're always going to have the outliers, but I think kids would benefit from having uh, a different bike to go to. Yeah. I mean, Carson Carson Mumford rode a 125 a year ago. Yeah, before yeah. He switched so, to Honda. Yeah, I talked to Carson's dad the other day, and I'm like, so is Kivy going to build you one of uh, Goffler's race 125s? And he just bit his tongue. So I hope that they're able to have enough parts to build Carson a 125CR, because that would mean a factory connection to your 125. Could you imagine how that thing would run? Oh, oh and, man. They, and, what, and what's ironic is with the schoolboy one and two class, schoolboy one is obviously run with your brung um, under 125, 125 season lower, but the schoolboy two class is modified. So you, I, I don't know if I really agree with that. I mean, schoolboy two is open also, but see, you yeah. have a kid that's 14. that's on a uh, 44 horsepower, 46 horsepower, depending on who your engine guy is. To VDF, which is insane to me. So I really feel there needs to, you know, be a the schoolboy two class should be standard, you know, standard bike. Yeah, put you know, a little safety in there. Yeah, yeah, that, that's another topic maybe, but yeah, that's that's my feeling on that process. I totally agree. Now, uh, before before we uh, get too far into this, let's let's talk a little bit more about uh, this uh, the vet vet world championships, where uh, for the very first time in uh, in eleven years, we saw uh, Michael Sleater go to the line uh, not wearing uh, One Industries motocross gear. I know, I believe you were wearing it on uh, on Friday when I saw you practicing, but uh, come race day, it was a different brand, and uh, I know that was a uh, it's kind of with, with a heavy heart. Uh, you're no longer with the brand because the, the brand uh, is I, I for, for from my knowledge isn't going to continue yeah uh it, you know that that switch um you know i i could continue to wear it and and whatnot um but the brand is there's no one at the brand there's one person at the brand in north america right now and i don't know if she's there to to just close the doors and figure things out but yeah the brand has been sold um to a company called bravo along with 661 um and uh yeah that that was a that was a tough thing for me but the brand never did me wrong and and i was told like you know someone probably saw my most people probably saw my instagram post about it and it was news to them but there hasn't been any one gear available for quite some time the band was bought for the, the 661 brand that was owned by it also and the new company i i was in a lack of a better term put one industries on the idle you know just just wasn't going to develop anything wasn't going to make any more gear at this time is it dead no i guess it's on idle i guess politically correct but they're not going to continue making motocross gear in 2017 so i had to find a new home um and man the guys that answer were really open with open arms want like put me in some gear and you know there's nothing officially yet with us as far as uh the future but i'm really liking where, where that brand's going for motocross the heritage of the brand the people that are from there randy valet bob ketchum you know um the uh, chance sealy that whole crew there is just really cool so 
I don't really see anywhere else that's going to really be a good fit for me right now. And, and they, they were there to kind of, to help me out when in a, not in a time of need really, but just in a time that I needed a change. Fair enough. And, and there's nothing wrong with changing whatsoever. And I believe uh, you, you, in a lot of ways, stuck with uh, One Industries as long as it, as anybody would. You're uh, dedicated to the brand. And um, it's, 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 off, it's, it's not often that you think of one particular gear brand and you think of uh, one particular athlete. When, I, when a lot of people think Fox, uh, they, they think James Stewart, uh, Rick Johnson back in the day, or... Um, uh, Ricky Carmichael uh, or, or Ryan Dungey or um, Ken Roxon now. But honestly, if, if I'm thinking one industries at all, I'm thinking of a particular poster of the triple one on a KTM and it's, uh, it's an all black set of uh, one industries gear. And that like, to, to me, that's pretty cool to say that uh, you basically the, uh, the face behind the brand that uh, a lot of people really enjoyed, especially throughout the, like the 2006, seven uh, years when they like the trooper helmet came out and uh, they, they were kind of sweeping everything yeah that 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 you know i was the first guy in the helmet with you know andrew short that movement tortelli and i've gotten to know um you know some of my best friends from there uh now i, I do now do a lot of stuff with that group now that they're at 100 percent. so um you know I've, they've taught me a ton too like i learned everything from gear development and the way things happen and why things are made and from like you got the uh, likes of moses bennett i mean the I couldn't tag enough people that actually had worked for one industries. I ran out of people to tag on my Instagram post, but I mean, the amount, of, the amount of people that I got to work with that were just amazing at what they did at one industries, like was worth the ride in itself. I've learned so much. So yeah, the, the brand is, uh, let's say it's on idle because the brand can live forever technically. So, um, let's just hope the thing's on idle and maybe someone will revamp it like hundred percent did with what they had years and years ago. So, um, but right now I'm really happy to be working with the answer guys and um, doing some cool stuff with them in 2017. No doubt, and you'll be looking fresh. You're looking on point uh, for the uh, for the whole weekend, and uh, look forward to seeing uh, more of that, man. Uh, so, w what's uh, what's a, a week in a life look like for, for Michael Sleater, whether it be juggling uh, things with uh, Mainline Coffee Co., whether it be your own test riding, your own training, and, and keeping uh, keeping your own skills sharp. What does a, a week in a life look like for a guy like yourself? Because I know you, you wear many hats and uh, you keep things going. Yeah, um, shoot, Mondays. Mondays I uh, take my oldest son, he's five, I take him to school, drop him off at 8 o'clock for kindergarten. And head an hour south to uh, 100% to do some do development on uh, all their mountain bike stuff, along with their goggles and stuff. So I'm down there for a few hours, um, going a lunch ride with them on the road bikes, and then uh, pin it home back to Temecula to beat traffic, hopefully, and then get back home, uh, pack the gear bag, get it ready for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday testing. Usually Tuesdays, Paula, Wednesdays, Kahia. Thursdays Glen Helen um, and then in between there I'll try to get in a mountain bike ride a couple of days and then Fridays uh, regroup and I try to maybe I, I've been coaching some kids on Fridays every once in a while um, and then yeah the co mainline coffee stuff working with my partner Danny um, via text and phone call pretty much all week um, that that really is like the last thing on my plate that was that's a really fun and exciting thing but I have to task at hand is, is 
two wheels and, and, and what I owe my time to. So, um, yeah, that's kind of a week, man is, is, and then get home and, and bath and food and everything with my two boys and my wife. So that, that's really the highlight of my day is spending time with them when I can. Absolute. And that way, way too cool to see your kids uh, ripping it up. I believe that they're still on, uh, on PWs, correct? Yeah. My youngest is three and a half. Um, and he rides a PW just for fun. He really doesn't care too much. And my oldest is five and he rides like try to get him riding once a week. He hasn't been doing much last couple of weeks. I've been really busy. Um, selfishly he hasn't ridden at all, but if he were to ask, I'd definitely take him, but he likes to be in Xbox. Yeah, they're both still in PWs. Um, he might get a sex mini for Christmas. We'll see. But he still has a lot of <laughs> growth. He still has a lot of growth in the PW. That's a great starter bike. And, um, yeah, he's still learning the basics, which that's my my whole jam with him is is uh, making sure he understands why he crashes, why, understands what he's doing um, instead of just going out there. He hasn't been on a real track, but I think one once or twice he usually rides private tracks out in the out in the paddock fair enough well it's it's really cool to see like there's a, there's a ton of kids out there lately on on pw where it's, it's uh whether it's the uh mitch payton's two boys that they they ride pws dana wiggins son rides a pw uh, i believe uh one of uh i think one of Nick Way's boys is, is on a on a full size uh, uh, like a, like a uh, I think it's on a, he's on a JR now, but uh, he's, the other one uh, is is still on PWs and uh, and as well as uh, Ronnie Renner. You guys are just running around mobbing on uh, the little bikes that uh, you guys you guys started on. I know you actually started on one of those things. Yeah, I did. I I was a a factory Yamaha PW rider in the in eighty seven eighty eight, and um, my dad actually I'm um, dropping my son's. 50 off to my dad tomorrow and he's putting a new crank in it and getting all jazzy with it. He must, he needs to work some more. I think he's got too much time. He's working on PW fifties. No kidding. Yeah. If you're trying to squeeze, uh, squeeze horsepower out of P dubs, uh, you, you might need a, a different hobby, but, uh, um, it's it's really cool to, to chat with a guy like yourself, uh, Michael, who who has um, a ton of knowledge, all facets of the sport, and still passionate about it. What what drives you to continue to want to pull yourself closer to the sport on a weekly basis and uh, and really make an impact the way you have? Ooh, that that would honestly be um, KTM. I'm not gonna lie, they are so aggressive. If I was an idol, like I, I think if I just showed up to test and just rode around and I've never raced and I didn't want to better myself. I don't think that would go over well with them. I think, um, they, they want someone and that they want employees that are as passionate for the brand as they are. And I feel, um, I, they hold me accountable because they're developing and they're, 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 um, moving forward that if I, if that honestly, if I, if I get complacent and if I chill out and not, not be part of the industry and, and, and be doing things that I should be doing extracurricular, staying fit, doing races like that worlds and being competitive, they might get someone younger and, 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 and more uh, passionate. Uh, I can't say they would or wouldn't, but that's what I hold over my head for, for drive. 
that that's uh, that that I wouldn't say living in fear, but uh, the mo fear is a motivating thing. You never want to have that have a, a position that you love taken away from you, and I think that's something that even uh, uh, most recently it was Steve Smith on uh, uh, on Monday Night Football is like, what motivates you to keep going? Is like I, I he's like. He's like I, I'm motivated by the fear of not having a job, and uh, my parents were were blue collar uh, uh, people, and they, they had to work a job that they didn't like uh, every day, of the, every every day of their lives, and and he has the opportunity to to do something amazing, and that, that's something that you have as well. Uh, to to like it's I it's, it's probably not the easiest thing in the world. There's probably things about it that aren't great, uh, but at the end of the day, uh, like I always say with my dad, at least it's not bricklaying. Yeah, you know, I've done, I've done construction for a lot of years and and tried to race and did this other things and tried to race and I do have an amazing job, but there are times I don't want to ride and I have to ride and I have to ride all day and you see, you know, I've seen gosh, what's, what's crazy to me is to see the amount of people that have came through the sport now, like from young, you know, young young riders. Like I can I can physically get on the line against Mitchell Falk, who I watched ride at sixty five and help mentor him now as a pro like i can actually race him that's like crazy to me the amount of riders that have came through that i'm still doing it and i mean i look at doug dubach as a great um you know uh he as a as a mentor to me i look at what he's done with his career at 53 the guy's in incredible shape he's raised an amazing family his son's a super safe rider and he loves the sport and i love the sport i'll never not love it um but there is a risk you know and that's another thing with testing is I, I have to do my best not to get hurt. I have to trust my technicians. And when you're riding as much as I do, you know, if you're hurt, you can't work. So that's a risk in itself. I can't just like have a cast on and sit behind the computer, or, you know, do anything like that. So that being said, um, when, when you're, you're out testing and stuff like that, working on, uh, on different things, uh, and especially your own particular, uh, skill set, uh, how much of it is pushing it to, uh, upwards of that 95% range? How much of it is, is riding within your limits? Because like you said, you don't want to be hurt, but you also want to be able to, uh, push the, the equipment, uh, as far as you personally can. Yeah, I'll, I'll run it up to about 90%. Um, sometimes hundred percent, there's a buddy out there, or a friend or a young kid that wants to battle me and. And that's fun, right? So I'll do it here and there, but really I, I have to be safe and I can't have the equipment, you know, um, flipping down Mount St. Helens or, or, you know, in doing off stuff at Paula. I just really need to keep the bike on two wheels and get the feedback and the data and go on to the next day or the next, the next setting or the next, whatever, we're, whatever the next thing is. Cause there's all, it's never going to end. There's always more we can try. So, um, I'm not, on my time, I'm on their time. So I'm riding for the brand and for the R&D. And if I want to go lay down a 20-minute moto or a 30-minute moto or do sprints, I need to come back on the next time It's on my time. So really, that, that was one thing that I struggled with early on testing when I was trying to race was, you know, realize what I was on their time. And, and I stressed myself out about it. But if I'm going to try to better myself as a rider now and technique and whatnot i'll just do it slower uh slower pace while i'm testing um so but when i when i usually ride i do shorter sprints to get better because i have i have the volume and the fitness i just need the, the intensity and that's hard to do because i i'm always riding at 75 to 90 percent 
That's cool. That's solid, man. Well, uh, when I come down to California through the months of January and February this year, uh, is there any chance that you'll take me out to uh, one of the local riding spots and help me figure out that 4CS fork that I got on my 2016 <laughs> KTM 250 uh, two-stroke? Yeah, not a problem, man. Like that that fork, um, that was a good, good, good call by KTM and the R and D group for that time. Um, fortunately, we're past that now, and we have an amazing fork. But that thing, there's that thing isn't isn't dead for sure. We can make it happen. For sure. Well, uh, uh, what, what's your thoughts on uh, on air like air suspension? Uh, do you think that uh, in the in the long run we head back to, uh, to to spring fork all the way around? And you see Yamaha State never never went away from it, uh, and Honda's gone back to it based on uh, basically just did a, a consumer poll of what what they wanted on their motorcycle. Um, I I think that first and foremost, I think WP has shocked everyone with their air fork. Um, it's a very simple, simple, mechanically simple air fork um, compared to like the triple chamber, the the other stuff that KYB and show have done. It's not the same system. So what we have virtually is, you know, our our big market at KTM is off road. So if you broke a main seal on the the air WP fork, you would be stranded um, out in the woods. You know, so if, if we have a rider that's out in the woods and breaks, cuts a seal and his forks are collapsed, we've lost a customer. So um, I think what they've done with it being so simple and easy maintenance is what's changed everything. Um, will KYB and Yamaha, ever, I don't think Yamaha in the near future is going to go to air. I really don't. They have a great platform. Um, Honda needed a change. Their air fork and Suzuki's air fork and Cowie's air fork is not up to snuff, in my opinion. I mean, every rider that I know has gone to a kit fork on those bikes. Um, so I feel the it comes down to cost, really. I think for the OEMs, but I don't think Yamaha will go to an air fork. Um, I think WP is very happy with what all the forks are doing. Um, we won the vital shootout in 250F um, with the air fork. Um, I think we're going to do quite well across the board with our models um, with the air fork. So from that standpoint, if you have the best fork you've ever had and it's continuing to get better, I don't see us. I don't see that brand going away from it. Fair enough. You know, uh, I imagine you take a lot of pride in, in reading these uh, uh, these shootouts, or, or at least uh, looking at the results of the shootouts and seeing that uh, the KTM Husky uh, right up at the top, knowing that uh, you, you, you at least had a small part in the development of that machine to to get it to where it's at. Yeah, it is. It is very. Um, that's basically our. That's our race. That's what we. That's our series, right? We work all year for the shootout, and you know we kind of know where we are and. Obviously, I am riding other models to make sure we're on the right track. And you can't ever think you're better than anyone else, like I said before. And, um, but you, you want to be. You, you can't be too proud and just not not open your eyes to what's coming or what people have and what they're working on. And um, I think we're in a good spot, and we're already better than we were last week. And we're the week before that, or next week, we're probably better than we were this week. So we're not slowing down. That's for danger. 
There you go, man. So uh, uh, for those who don't already know, uh, where can they follow you on social media as well as uh, get themselves a, uh, a hot cup of mainline coffee? Yeah, they can uh, follow me just if they want to see pictures of me mountain biking, motoring my kids and stuff at, at Sleet Dog, S-L-E-E-T-D-A-W-G on Twitter as well, same handle. Um, Facebook, I think it's connected to Twitter at Sleet Dog. I, I'm not on Facebook as much. But um, and the Mainline Coffee Co. is uh, mainlinecoffeeco.com and uh, at the Mainline on Twitter and at the Mainline Coffee Co. on Instagram. And like I said, that's... Uh, that's a little hobby of mine, uh, early morning, late late evening, and um, we're enjoying uh, growing the brand. But first and foremost is uh, being sharp on two wheels and looking sharp as well. Absolutely, always accomplish that. It's 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 incredible to see uh, the fact that you your uh, your hobby is more involved than most people's every day. So uh, <laughs> that's something to be said in and of itself. Uh, Michael, it's always a pleasure to have you on the podcast. We thank you so much for giving us some time. Uh, if you have anyone else that you'd like to thank, uh, we'll give you an opportunity to do so right now. Yeah, I'd just like to wish my wife a happy anniversary. Actually, our anniversary is is tomorrow American time, but it's today Aussie time when we got married in Australia. So she's put up with me me for seven years and that's, that's a feat in itself. So I'd like to thank her for my butt and blessing me with two kids. And thanks to KTM for employing me and yeah, everyone else that I work for. Thanks for uh, sticking by me. I appreciate it, my friend. Uh, Thank you again for giving me the time. Don't hang up just yet for for podcast sake. We'll cut it off right there. Justified Cultures is the kind of apparel from the moment you put it on makes you feel like it was made just for you. Quality, comfortable apparel designed for and inspired by the live what you love lifestyle. Woven throughout the moto, desert, skate, and surf culture of Justified is the desire to celebrate human achievement, to inspire and create a modern lifestyle brand reflecting today's generation. Zach Commons, Matty Jesse, Phoenix Racing Co., Dominique Daffe, Cody Matichuk, and John Short are just a few athletes who don Justified Cultures clothing. Passion needed a clothing line to speak to the way that it lived each day, so we created Justified Cultures. Navigate JustifiedCultures.com to easily view over 40 individual styles to help you make a statement every time you step outside. As presenting sponsor to Big MX Radio, lock in promo code BIGMX17 when checking out at JustifiedCultures.com to receive 30% off your Justified Cultures clothing. Express your lifestyle with Justified Cultures. Live what you love. Late afternoon, another day is nearly done. Darker gray is breaking through a lighter one A thousand sharpened elbows in the underground That hollow hurried sound Feet on polished floor And in the dollar store The clerk is closing up Counting loonies trying not to say I hate Winnipeg The driver checks the mirror seven minutes late 
crowded riders, restlessness enunciates. The guess who sucked, the jets were lousy anyway. Same route every day And in the turning lane Someone stalled again He's talking to himself And here's the price of gas Repeat his phrase I hate Winnipeg A golden business boy Will watch the north end die And sing I love this town Then let his arcing wrecking ball proclaim